Just so we are streaming live, so <clears throat> don't say anything. Whatever. Don't, don't. Yeah, let's hold off to the no, no, you guys can keep on talking shop. Just. Okay. The one thing they do, they don't, and rather not, if you don't know anything about weapons or you, you not know a particular firearm, ask questions. Yeah. Okay, that's it. They don't, they don't want to be, some people get all knowledgeable. I got all this. Just what, they would rather just see what the customer wants. Like I had a customer. See where the conversation people goes. People came in looking for a firearm. I go, what do you want? What are you looking for? What's it going to be used for? Right. How are you going to, you going to be concealed? You can do it at home. Does that, what fit? I told her, take this weapon that you like, go to a gun range first, shoot it. Does it, does it feel right when you shoot it? Then come back and we can discuss. Yeah, that is, uh, that is one of the greatest things is being able to rent a gun pretty much at any local gun range. And as long as you're looking at like a Glock SIG, or something like that, the brand name, it's going to be on a rental shelf somewhere. So, I mean, it's like one of those things where you can go to the range, test it out, because if you don't like it, then you save yourself 700, yeah. 700 bucks. All right. <clears throat> go live on TikTok. <clears throat> All right. Can you get some waters? All right, I think we're going to do a Ubaldi reports, and then we're going to turn off the cameras, and then we're going to do a an impromptu All-American Gunslinger. Because technically, it would be four episodes, so I can do my rant for the month. Okay, so I got it. Um, the topic is to be inflation. We're going to talk Black Lives Matter, maybe. My title I put is Inflation on American Families. Or how about Crisis in America? Is that better? Crisis in America. That's better. Yeah. I'm just saying there was no crisis in Hawaii. Where'd you go? They're, They're like a whole different other country down there. Oh, yeah. Nothing... But they're like democratically ran too, aren't they? Yeah, they are, but they seem to not be political down there. Where'd you go? I was in Kauai, so that was okay. west of Honolulu. Okay. Smaller, smaller island, but it was very beautiful. Okay. Hey, everybody, this is John with Ubaldi Reports. With me, as always, is my great co-host, Joe Bitts. And another fellow Marine, a gentleman named Ray. And basically, Ubaldi Reports is provides fact, not fiction, on issues facing America, whether on the international front or domestically. Now, there's a lot of domestic challenges going on. There's inflation, rising gas prices, food prices. There's a baby formula shortage that has been trying, transpiring for some months. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about, and we're going to try to delve into all of that. And maybe broach some other topics. But the question we like to pose to, to the listeners on TikTok is, are you facing the problems or facing the challenges through inflation, higher gas prices, higher grocery prices? Or were you impacted by the shortage of baby formula? I know friends who had a, were facing that. So if you could type those questions in that you would like us to discuss or any comments that you have, 
We would love to hear from you, and so we can have a great podcast. Right now, my fellow co-host and good friend Joe Bits is trying to put the final touches on this so we can officially go live. Put a mic. Uh, I'm just prepping the... I put a mic here so maybe we can all get heard. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just prepping everything so we know what's going to be discussed. So how far along are we, Joe? Mm-hmm. a minute. Okay, about a minute or two, we'll be officially going live. Put some questions in the chat. So if you got questions, put them in the chat so we at least um, know what you guys are thinking. And then we'll start this off and discuss some of the challenges or basically the challenges or the crises that are going across America right now. And there's a lot to discuss on those things. Testing. So we're just doing the final, final test. test. All right. Are you getting them on TikTok yet? Yeah, we got a few that joined, so yeah. tell me when you're ready to get this off, Joe. I don't know how well you can be heard. Hold on. Keep on going. Just We're just checking the final to checks. Pa- apologize for that. We just, it just takes time to get this thing going. We're all doing our full-time jobs, and then we're trying to do this to make this full-time podcast, and that's the goal of Ubaldi Reports. Again, Ubaldi Reports provides fact, not fiction, on issues facing America. We don't tell you how to think. We just provide the information, and you get to make the decision for yourself and take it where you want to go, especially this year with an incoming midterm election on November 8th. So hopefully we just inform the American public on what's going in across America. So, again, we would like to hear from you. We would like to um, hear what you have to say. Put your information in. Put See if I Put heard. your. Can you hear me? Yeah. Well, it's, well you know, I mean, it's how much longer? Right so bear with us. Okay. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay, we got a few people to to join, so we'll be starting hopefully soon. We're getting ready there. Okay. I think we're just about ready. Okay, no, we're, we're just ready. about we're ready. ready, and we're getting ready to. I'm gonna get ready for the high sign by Big Joe Bits. I like that. I love the commentary. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, oh, by the way, so the disinformation governance board has been disbanded. Temporarily. So now I want to come in with the intro where you could be like, we could say whatever the hell we want because there is no more government. Okay. So just kind of like throw that jab in there. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Three, two. Hey, everybody. This is John with Ubaldi Reports. They have one... Website run by veterans for to provide fact, not fiction on issues facing America, whether nationally or internationally. And since there is no more disinformation governance board, we get to say anything we want. <laughs> but, but unlike the disinformation governance board, ours is based on fact, not fiction. What's up, Joe? Come on, John. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So how are you doing? Great. We got Ray back here. Hello. Yeah, and Ray just so Ray brings a different perspective. I mean, I'm probably the older of the three. Shut up, of the three. <laughs> so then Joe follows b- back by twenty years. Or, um, no, I'm like me. maybe like fifteen years okay, younger than 15 you. Fifteen years, and then Ray You're trying to age yourself. Oh wait, wait, more. hold on. I'm forty four. You're fifty seven. Fifty seven. I'm yeah. twenty eight. Wait, wait, well, hold on. <laughs> when is the when when does your retirement kick in? I'm 59. Damn. Yeah. And then Ray is 27. 28. 28. Hey, hey, John, know what I figured out today? What's that? 
when you fill up your tank, if you if it it the cutoff on every gas pump is a hundred bucks. Yep. <laughs> Walmart had that for the diesel. Yeah, I was like, I was like, because I went to Costco today, and I'm like, okay, let me time to get gas, and I'm kind of like, I'm not really stressing about getting gas, but I was like, all right, it's time for me to get gas, and I'm like filling up, and all of a sudden it clicks. So I was like, okay. I look and I know how many gallons I get per. T- I know how many gallons are in the tank, and I look at it. I go, oh, that that's a little off. And then I'm like, why can't I pump anymore? Well, guess what? At Costco, they cut you off at a hundred bucks. Well, and that I mean that is something to be said, especially like now in the current situation and well, state would, the, that the country's in right now. I don't have that problem of cutting off at $100 because I don't even get to that point. <laughs> but I have to Lucky. really – Yeah, but I have to watch my pennies about filling up my tank of gas. I have to – okay, I can allocate this much mm-hmm. to fill it because my budget is kind of tight. And that's a good segue to what's going on when I talked about the headline being crisis in America. Yeah. And that's one of them. Gas prices have shot up. Last time I checked when I went to work today, the gas station around the corner for me and most gas stations in Tampa, it's four forty nine a gallon. And for the first time since they've been recording the rising gas prices ever, every state in the union has went over four dollars a gallon. The administration doesn't care, do they? It's, they, they, they? They cannot. I mean, how can they care? I mean, they don't care because gas is rising. They're maybe even coming to a conclusion that maybe in five. Or by the end, of, or in thirty days, or a month from now, it should be five dollars a gallon, and that affects Everybody. the shipping. That affect well, that only affects that affects the shipping costs of stuff going across the country. So that that that's going to enable the supplies going to whatever it, it looks like. It looks like it looks like this administration is doing whatever it is that's going on right now on purpose. The thing is, it goes two ways. I mean. Democrats, they said this before during, I don't know if it was during George W. Bush's administration or President Obama. They wanted energy or gas prices to go so high, mm-hmm. it would force people out of their vehicles into public transportation. The second thing is, when you say that, I don't think he cares, is that Joe Biden's never had to be one of the workers working at a job. Because his he was a senator from age of 29 until he became vice president in, I think, late 60s. Mm-hmm. So he's always had a government job. When he used to commute home to, from Washington to Delaware, the government paid his rail fee. Yeah, He's never had a job. And then his administration all have had government jobs or worked in academia. They've never really worked in the private. There's very few people in his administration or who run in cabinet positions had a business experience. And that plays a big factor. That's why when he was, what was it, Peter Ducey, Fox News, asked the current press secretary, and this is the same thing that Joe Biden mentioned in a press conference last Friday, and they asked him, how does raising taxes on corporations and the wealthiest of Americans, how does that reduce inflation? Well, because they're spending less on supplies and goods, and they're spending it more on the tech, the government. But see, the government, the giving them, giving the government, a, I mean, people have to see right now, giving the government money to do whatever they want with, they're not doing it properly. They're well, not even, they're not even giving, they're giving it to Ukraine versus, <laughs> I mean, but 
and then it kind of falls under. But here's the other point is when he said that we're going to raise taxes on the corporate America Mm -hmm. to and that will help reduce inflation. Now, think about that. If corporations pay more, they're just going to pass the buck to us to produce a product. One, they pass that extra increase to the consumer and they produce less of that product because of more regulation, higher taxes. That was a recipe for disaster in the 70s that -hmm. caused high inflation. So when she was asked that, she never directly answered the question. So it, it begs to differ. Do they understand how inflation works? No, they don't. Because Gavin Newsom is going to take the $18 billion that he was given to give it back to the people of California to fight inflation. But yet, it, the only reason why there is inflation is because you have too much money. Well, there's too much money in throughout the economy. Yeah. And you got Janet Yellen. She has a Ph.D. in economics. That is basic. I learned that. At, I took two economic courses in a junior college, macro and micro. Mm-hmm. That's basic economics 101 when you have too much money chasing too few goods you get inflation are the democrats thinking that they could just buy everyone's vote if we just give them constantly give them money well but see the thing is when you do that when you run for public office let's say a president or congress or senate you have your core group of supporters they'll always vote for you Mm -hmm. but you got to expand beyond your core that's why you got to go after, try to get some Democrats to come on board, try to get some Republicans to come on board if you're a Democrat, but you got to go after those independent voters. The independent voters broke for Joe Biden because they didn't like the toxic, toxic nature of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Well, now the independent voters broke the other way. Only 27% support Joe Biden because if you look at it and you take away the partisanship of it, Every time, like you just said, you filled up your tank of gas. Yeah. You pay $100, and you can't get any more than that. Ray just mentioned or commenting how lucky I am when I pay $50 because I have a smaller truck. You've got a bigger truck for your work. Mm-hmm. You know, how many people who are working construction have larger trucks because they got to haul their tools and equipment around? Yeah. And if you got a diesel, and Ray mentioned, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, which I know I probably will be. There's I didn't know this till you told me. There's two types of diesel. Yeah, there mm-hmm. was a red diesel. Red diesel farm is the off-road diesel. Okay, that's the off-road diesel. And then the other diesel is green is, diesel. Green is diesel. Green diesel. Okay, for you can drive around town. Yeah, but if farmers and ranchers and tractor trailer long haul trailers are paying close to six dollars a gallon for diesel, mm-hmm. they're going to have to roll that cost over to the next part of the supply chain, and then they roll it over to next, and then by the time it gets to the consumer, that price is much higher. Why aren't the constituents, why aren't they doing something about this? Because they know they're going to get affected when it comes to the midterms, or is it just kind of like, is the fix in, in a, in a sense? What do, you, okay, like, what do you mean constituents? You mean like the citizens? No, I'm, I'm talking about... Like Joe Biden? I'm talking about my senator. I'm talking about my congressperson. Are they looking at, you know, are they, I mean, I, I think I reversed that, but where are the constituents of that of that person? Why aren't we, do, why don't they care about us to a point of they need to get up in Congress or get up in the Senate and make stuff happen? Well, see, that's a good question because. Because like Kathy Castor, if she calls me again for her little town hall meeting, I'm going to give her a direct call and tell her to fix this stuff. 
Okay, but see, that's the question. You've got Republicans are trying to fight back, but they don't control anything. Yeah. The agenda is, even though it's a 50-50 Senate and barely five or six seat majority for the Democrats in the House. But so they control what gets what bills are passed, what the agenda is controlled. Both the majority control all that. But the Democrats, I think, went too far. They've alienated the moderates yeah. and that progressive wing. And I, Victor Davis Hanson made a comment from the historian I always reference from the Hoover Institute. He believes Joe Biden made a Faustian bargain with the progressives. You mm-hmm. don't criticize us during this uh, summer of riots in 2020. And when we get when you get elected, you have to do our bidding. And he's done instead of governing and bringing the country together, he is running as or governing as a progressive because look at this situation in buffalo yeah that everybody was appalled everybody Mm -hmm. this guy would go to buffalo and systematically target african-american citizens just for the simple because of their skin color yeah i don't know anybody republican independent democrat who thought or believe that believed that was appalling what had happened Mm -hmm. what does chuck schumer do what Joe Biden do? Blame Republicans. He blames the Republicans for white supremacy. Republicans are all white supremacists. Well, because it's an opportunity to kind of pounce point. on it. But let's go back a little bit, okay? So the baby formula, or yeah, the formula, the baby formula shortage, inflation, high gas. That is not a left or right thing. That is not a Republican or Democratic thing. So, and you, if you, so there should be somebody riling up against your 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 voters to fix it so guess what so next time the midterms come around you vote for them because my representative did something for me so if the representatives aren't doing anything for the people to get lower inflation or to drive you know find baby formula do something Let's go back. Is the fix in? Do they're like, well, we don't care because they're going to vote for us anyway, or we don't care because we're going to be we're going to we're well, going to be back also, in the same spot. It's also ideological. It depends how you see things. Like we just got a comment from, let me see, was it four twenty legal, legalized, legalized now, now twenty twenty one, and the comment was made that no, this is I'm guessing referring to corporate America. No, they must pay the same as everyone else. They're not paying more. Well, that's not exactly true. If you go to the Bureau of, uh, I think it's called Economic Analysis, the Census Bureau, Bureau of Labor Statistics have shown mm-hmm. the top 1% pay mo- about half of all income um, income taxes in America. And there's a good like 47% really pay no taxes at all. Well, maybe we should tell Legalize now. Can they be more specific when they, when you say they, so we know that who we're be, talking about? That could be true. If if you if Legalize now can put something in and says, "Are you mean they? Are you talking corporate America or the top one percent?" Just so we well, we agree everybody should pay, pay, especially corporate corporate. Just because corporate corporations get money back. It still doesn't mean they didn't pay their taxes, well, and see, you know, and the corporations are, are, are the majority of the one percent are paying the taxes for the whole entire country. But it's okay. You have a business, and I have a business. And I got a corporation, 
uh, people need to understand it's very the, the tax system is very complex mm-hmm. because like take Amazon. Amazon is this multi-billion-dollar company, and they didn't make any money for the first 14 years of their their business. I'm still scratching trying to make a profit, but think of all the money that I put in. Yeah, and a lot of times businesses are allowed to defer a lot of their tax payments to a following year, especially if they do improvements, they invest back in. They're trying to encourage businesses to invest and to do things and to grow. If you tax them, it's just you just get less of it and you don't get more. So so that it people can fault on that, but if you just look at it, it's just it's a good sound bite, but it's not exactly factually true. Mm-hmm. But going back to the original point, sometimes it's ideological. Remember President Biden, when he was in the campaign, he emphatically told this one woman, I think it was in 2009, that I will do everything, read my lips, everything I possibly can to end fossil fuel in this country. Yeah. yeah, But it's it's ironic. He's shut down. Obviously, everybody focuses on Keystone, but he ended gas and oil leases. He put heavy restrictions on the energy sector. But it seems like he's trying to bankrupt all of Americans, too, in the, in the, in the meantime, with inflation. And well, but- eventually, the supply chain issues is, is going to make consumer, consumer, consumer goods expensive as well. So that he wants to fight for the little man and he wants the average income of the lower income to kind of go up a little bit. He's going to price them out anyway. But see, the other thing is, Larry Summers, who was the economic advisor for Barack Obama in his first term, and then he was the Treasury Secretary for Bill Clinton, he said back last year when they were getting ready to pass the American Rescue Plan, that was that $2 trillion spending um, bill. And many economists, have, and even Steve Ratner, who was an economic advisor to President Obama, said that was the beginning of where inflation was coming, and that was an unnecessary spending splurge by the Democrats and what Larry Summers said. And Larry Summers is no conservative. Mm-hmm. He said, when you're putting more money into the economy, but you didn't fix the supply chain disruption, you didn't, and then you over-regulated, put more burdensome regulations on business, well, if it cost them to produce something more, they've got to roll that over to the consumer. So we already have a negative GDP quarter. Correct, for the first quarter. Yeah, one more, and then it's a recession time. Typically, it's you have two quarters of negative GDP. When's the last time we were here in this, in, in this predicament? Well, the last time you'd have to go back. If you discount the recession that was self-induced because of the shutdown, okay. you would have to go back to... 2008? 2008, 2009. Okay, and we're kind of seeing similar things that we saw in 2008 with like the high gas prices... Yeah, the high gas prices were in the spring of 2008. Then all of a sudden, demand dropped, but it was a perfect storm. You had the housing bubble. Then you had the collapse of Lehman Brothers that ushered in the Lehman precip- Brothers. Lehman Brothers, the yeah. precipitous drop of everything. Okay, so and it's, it's going to happen again. The differences between now and then in 2008, 2009, inflation wasn't at 8%. Mm-hmm. So typically... Does unemployment affect that? The, to a degree, because if businesses are spending so much that it's affecting their, their, their profit margin, they're going to have to limit it. Now, the other problem, when I said inflation wasn't a problem in 2008, 2009, the Fed has to get 
to, to reduce inflation, you either got to stop spending. That's mm-hmm. on the fiscal side. On the the, the 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 president takes care of that, and Congress. And then you have the monetary side. That's the Fed. The Fed will have to stop printing money, take money out of the economy, and then also raise interest rates above what inflation is. So if inflation is running at 8.3%, which we had in April, that means you have to have interest rates above 9 to 10% to squash inflation. But the Fed could have maybe last year gone ahead of this and still kind of kept up with inflation, yeah, typically, but they didn't. Why not? Tip- that's up to Jerome Powell why he didn't. A lot of times they were looking at, well, we've got to, we're coming out of the pandemic. Typically what the Fed would do is raise interest rates. If it looks like inflation is starting to rear its ugly head or the economy is overheating, you raise interest, kind of cool it down a little bit, just to temper it. So you kind of have to play with the interest rates. By not doing it and then with all that spending, mm-hmm. and then you then you got all the regulations on top of the spending and – we're already in a perfect storm with supply chain disruption. Yeah. This fueled inflation because there was a much demand coming out, but supplies couldn't keep up. And President Biden spent more time on the demand side, putting money in people's hands, but didn't fix the supply chain to get products to the market so people had something to buy. So was the previous administration compared to this one, were they proactive, reactive, or a little bit of the both? It it depends how you look at it. Prior to the shutdown, they were trying to keep interest rates low, so they could fault them on that aspect. But the economy was doing pretty well because we kept gas prices really low because we became energy independent. Now, many people... Say that the what do you call it, the tax cut of 2017 was a mistake, but the the Congressional Budget Office stated that more money was flowing into the Treasury because of that. Even the Washington Post, again, hardly a liberal media outlet, gave President Biden four, um, five Pinocchios when he said that the the tax cut benefit the top the top one percent when it actually benefited the bottom half mm-hmm. because the bottom half gained more jobs, gained more wage wages went up for the first time in dec a long time yeah and if you look at the average income increase between George W Bush Barack Obama and Donald Trump under Bush the average family only increased its uh, its salary by five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Under Barack Obama, it was fifteen hundred. Under Donald Trump, it was about five thousand dollars. So the economy benefited under Donald Trump. Yeah. But the one thing that it, they couldn't get, come to grips with is like a, all tax cuts. They never got in government spending under control mm-hmm. because that takes a Herculean effort between both parties wanting to. Scale back domestic spending and the Republicans scaling back spending or how we allocate resources to the Department of Defense. Why can't they just cross their arms and let, just let it shut down? I mean, I mean, because, because obviously we've been in shutdowns before and we're kind of like, OK, what's the difference? I don't need to pay five bucks in order to go to the state park. But when you shut down the government, you impact Social Security. You impact Medicare. You impact. Well, that's being that's being affected anyway, whether know, it's open or, or open or closed. But when it, the government closed, that means checks don't go to the Social Security recipients. Mm-hmm. That means Medicare doesn't get paid. That means aid to uh, you know low income families doesn't get paid. The problem is 
when the tax cuts happened under John Kennedy, but didn't get implemented by Lyndon Johnson in 1964. Then you had Reagan tax cuts, Bush senior, Bush junior tax cuts, and then Trump. They never cut inflation. I mean, actually not inflation. They never cut spending. Mm -hmm. And spending always goes up. Government has gotten larger. And look at right now. Government is much larger, but it's much more ineffective. You and me and Ray all have dealt with the VA. Mm -hmm. Look at the VA. The VA has gotten bigger. Has it gotten more effective? Look what's happening right now. We have a baby formula shortage yeah when the fda knew back in october when whistleblower reported that there was unsanitary like conditions at that um, abbott facility they didn't shut it down until february and then in february when they did shut it down did anybody think about well if you got shut down this facility that produces 40 percent of all baby formula Who's going to make up that difference? And then you have the Secretary of Treas- I mean, of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, this past Sunday. He goes, well, we're looking into getting baby formula from Europe. Three months later, and then there was no f- full-time permanent food and drug administrator at the FDA. He, that mm-hmm. person was appointed in November but didn't get confirmed by the Senate till February. Mm-hmm. So, And the FDA reports to... Health and Human Services. So my question is, where is Javier Becerra, the the one who runs Health and Human Services? So going back to like our government unable to curtail their spending, what money are they spending? Is it the tax money that we they that they get That's from us every year, or is this like a number that they conjure out of thin air and be like, this is how much well, we're going to be spending? Because like a lot of things is. They're taking money out of the coffers and they're spending it on f- like foreign aid or they're spending it on things that don't even maybe necessarily involve the government. Well, let's so why the, are we kind of like on the look at, let's look at it this way? Comment just kind of popped in from Tommy Lasorda, thin air. What the government does take a family, you got a budget, you and your wife work. You have so I'm just going to throw an arbitrary amount. Mm-hmm. It's easy math for me. Let's say both you and your wife make take home after taxes a hundred thousand dollars. This is what you bring in. Okay. So you got to allocate. You got mortgage. You got food. You got all these little expenses. Mm-hmm. What the, then if you get to a point where you got to you got to re, you got to put some money away for savings for yep. that rainy day? Government doesn't work like that. Let's say they at a hundred. Let's say you were the government. Your take home is a hundred thousand dollars, but you spent all your hundred thousand dollars. Oh, we we need this, so let's just charge it. Mm-hmm. We need that. We'll put it on credit. We need that. We'll do it. We'll spend. We'll borrow more money. Mm-hmm. So that's all the government's doing. We're thirty trillion in debt. They spend way beyond what is taken in. So record revenue is coming in, but record spending is going out. So like you mentioned. The $40 billion that went to Ukraine, that's part of it. Mm -hmm. Then you look at all the social spending, the defense spending, much as I mentioned before. The Defense Department is still a government agency. It wastes billions of dollars every year. Okay, so that's a a kind of idea of credit, but where does that money come from? He said like thin air, so... In all actuality, guess what? I'm a multimillionaire because I just thought 
You uh, identify as a millionaire? I ident- <laughs> well, not only do I identify as a millionaire, if we're just pulling numbers out of thin air now, but, then guess, guess what, John? You're, you're no longer on the lower. You're making $300,000 a year. Congratulations. Okay, but when you <clears throat> bought your truck, yeah. as an example, I don't care about the amount. You bought your truck. It was a new truck, right? Yeah. You had to borrow that money, right? Yeah. So you borrowed it from a bank or the credit union or whatever. No different what the federal government does. Mm-hmm. They spend their money. They have to borrow it. They have to get that money. It has to be financed. How do they expect to pay it back? That- That's the problem. <laughs> so when they borrow the money, that money is being financed by China, uh-huh. Japan, Western Europe, other countries. The bulk of it is um, coming from China. So they know that we're good because we're, we, we're this largest economy in the world. But as Joe Manchin mentioned... When it comes to when he failed to pass Build Back Better, mm-hmm. he goes, we don't know what next year is going to bring, meaning this year. Yeah. There could be a war, what's going on in Russia. There could be an economic crisis. So let's say we go into a recession. What options does the Fed have? Well, they usually would reduce interest rates to help stimulate the economy so businesses can borrow, individuals can borrow. Mm-hmm. But if inflation is at five, um, 8%, to squash inflation, you got to raise interest rates high. So what what tools does the, the president have on the fiscal side? Typically, when you're in a recession, you want to stimulate the economy, you reduce taxes so people have more money to spend. Yeah. Well, now you can't do that because you're borrowing the money. You're not doing anything. To, to, your tools that you normally would have aren't there. And as Tommy Lasorda just said it just right now, our kids, our kids' as kids, and our kids' as kids will be paying off that debt. Somebody has to pay that. Okay, someone's going to get the bill, though, too. You know, eventually it's going to be like, all right, well, because they're going to keep on spending, spending, spending. Right. But here's so, a, it, like, either it, 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 it collapses or... That's the problem. Yeah. Right now, with interest rates going up, interest on the debt is about $350 billion a year, around there, 300 250 to 350 billion dollars a year is the interest we pay on the debt. Mm-hmm. If the interest rates going up, that means the interest on the debt goes up. So instead of paying let's say 300 billion, now we're paying 400 billion, then 500 billion. And eventually we get to a point where we're spending more on our interest than we are on national defense. Okay. So it's like a family. What happens if you and your wife consistently overspend you spend beyond your means. At some point, you hit a wall. I could fail. I could file for bankruptcy. What you but know? See, the, our country cannot. The country cannot. But even I, if you can fi- we refinance yeah, this? Even if you <laughs> maybe fi- get a lower interest rate. But even if you file for bankruptcy, there's certain there's certain things you can't. Excuse me. Discharge in bankruptcy. But yeah. even then, when you file for bankruptcy, what does it do? For seven years. It hurts your credit. Yeah, I mean, okay. I don't think I. I don't really don't think that. Okay, considering that the people in the government, when it comes to the Senate and uh, Congress, the House the, or the House, they don't care about their credit score. They don't care about their own personal credit score or how they're affected. They're just like buy this, buy that. There's a what's it called? There's a, a, a liquor store in the House now. Where you can order your liquor and have it sent to your office. You heard about that one? Oh, AOC is not making the drinks anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
there's a lot of absurdity going on, and it's almost like now how it is is that our our government representatives or our, our representatives, they're not even working for us okay. anymore. They're working for themselves to just— Okay, but here's the point. When our country was founded, mm-hmm. most of the members of Congress, the Senate, even the president, they all had jobs at one time or another outside of the government apparatus. Today, now big people could say, well, that's why we need term limits. It's not that we need term limits. We need to hold the voters, not the voters, the politicians accountable. Like when you said they don't care because most of the members of Congress— and this is Republican and Democrat. Look at their income level. And I have nothing against them. One of the Republican senator, one of the Republican challengers for the Senate seat in Pennsylvania was a hedge fund manager. Mm-hmm. Now, he was in the military, so they, you know, he worked hard. I don't know his full background. But a lot of them, they haven't done anything outside of government. How many, of, how many members of Congress, the House and the Senate, actually – had a business that built something, mm-hmm. manufactured something, designed something. They were either in finance or they're lawyers. I would bet you 80 to 90% of both the House and the Senate are all lawyers. Well, and the only guy that knew what he was doing, they, they ran him out after four yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, as much as Trump Business is, owner and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as much as Trump was rhetoric, is bombastic and all that stuff, Trump was the first president that actually built something, made something, designed something. Had to touch something to build it. He wasn't in finance. He wasn't in academia. He wasn't in the media. And he wasn't in tech. Okay, last thing before we get going, but would the previous, would this, would all this stuff that's going on right now, would this have happened in the previous administration? And is the next administration going to fix this? For the next administration to fix this, it all depends who gets in and what their background is. Now, the first part of the question is, would the previous administration had been in this? The reason I would say no, because President Trump had been and understands the supply chain issue. And what he would have done is he would have understood that there was supply chain shortages. And I guarantee it, he would have focused as a laser beam to fix that supply chain shortage. One of the things he was doing, and he was stymied every part of the way, was to bring the supply chains back from China closer to America, whether in Mexico, but mainly in the United States. Mm -hmm. That's the other problem. We're too tied to our supply chains in China. Now, China has not complied with its uh, trade agreements because they, like the Chinese do, they look at the long game, long term. They look 10, 20, 30 years out. We look two years. So they were waiting to see who won in 2020 would determine what they do. Now they see weakness in Joe Biden, and Joe Biden's looking at ending some of the Trump tariffs, which will be a mistake. Yeah. So you have that. But the key is he would have understood the um, the supply chain issue. And just like Tommy Lasorda met, texted in, would have had baby formula CEOs in his office weeks ago. And I wouldn't even say weeks ago. He would have had it back in October. Mm-hmm. Because if you read Trump's book, um, The Art of the Deal, he spends most of his time calling people. He would have understood, hey, if you're taking 40% of baby formula off the market, what's going to replace it? Yeah. He was a business guy, understood that. Yeah. The problem is 
he got trapped up in his rhetoric, but he also got trapped in the Washington establishment swamp on both sides. All right, All right John. So why don't you go ahead and tell them how they can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of us by going to ubaldireports at gmail.com, ubaldireports at gmail.com, or you can go to Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and type in Ubaldi Reports. And definitely, we're and okay, and don't forget YouTube. If you go to YouTube, hit subscribe and like. And we're definitely on TikTok, so that's where we're live streaming it from there, and it goes off on too. And Joe will tell you what live streaming services it goes to. On Facebook, Twitch, we got uh, YouTube. And it's all on all the other um, podcast streaming service like, you know, uh, Spotify, Link, uh, Lipsyn, and others. So, And we are going to be working on other platforms, but also we can be able to eventually – we are going to be working up to live streaming on the actual Ubaldi Reports website. Yeah, and the, the goal of – just so everybody knows, the goal of Ubaldi Reports is to – what do you call it? To do this every day, and then we post something every day. So we can talk about issues that are affecting Americans every day. Talk about research and other topics that you're concerned about, like the baby formula crisis. I did an article. You can find that on Ubaldi Reports. And this is what we want to talk about. And we may not agree on everything. You may not agree on everything we say. But we try to provide facts, not fiction. And we try to provide information that you may not be able to find or it's not readily reported. But I do want to say to those who, like Tommy Lasorda and others who've commented. Legalize it, bad baby. Yeah, keep um, keep your comments coming. We definitely want to hear from you. And we just want to, we're just two combat, as we say, two combat Marines who use crayons. Mm-hmm. And we served in Iraq and Afghanistan. We just want to provide information on national and international topics that are not being covered by the mainstream media so till next time keep listening to ubaldi reports and thank you tommy lasorda for your great comments all right everybody have a good day all right take it easy keep listening to ubaldi reports all right let's see what we got 243 total views but at least we're getting some interaction some interaction